Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfing down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Lou. Hey, boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is noon on a Tuesday. It is time for Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Aaron Maloney is here, and Wolf is here. What's going on, Wolf? What's up, Luke? What's up? All right, Maloney, what do you got? So it couldn't be Wolf and Down Your Lunch without Wolf. True. So happy to have you, Wolf. Okay, Mel. The Arizona Cardinals couldn't get it done in Mexico City as they fell to the 49ers 38-10, dropping them to 4-7 and on the season. So what happened? Here's DeAndre Hopkins. A lot of stuff happened. Um, I mean, I really can't pinpoint one thing. Uh, they executed. Um, you know, they, they converted on first downs. Uh, we, you know, obviously we didn't, we didn't, uh, you know, we didn't win the game, man. There's a lot of stuff happened. So when you look at last night's game, where does your mind go first? Uh, it goes to the second half. I'm yeah. sorry, Logan. No, that was my jump answer, right second right half. Now. Go ahead. It's got to go to the second half and the first possession of the second half where the 49ers came out and asserted themselves the mentality of the San Francisco 49ers. It was frankly embarrassing. It was. The 49ers came out of the tunnel and said, this is who we are. Do you want to go? That's what they. This is who we are. You want to go? And the Cardinals were not ready to go. And there's no other way to get around it. you got to tell the truth if, in fact, you want to fix it. They took over this game in the second half, the very first possession, and they did it on the line of scrimmage. Their physicality was superior to the Arizona Cardinals' talent. Yeah, I think the concern, if you wanted the Cardinals to win last night going in, was are they going to be overmatched in this game? On paper, they were with the injuries and with who San Francisco has. And in the first half, they hung around. And in the second half, it felt like San Francisco decided we're going to prove to everybody, including them, that they are overmatched. And it was 100% that first drive of the second half where it went from a one-score game to like, uh-oh, this, this could get ugly. And then it did. Colt McCoy made his second start of the season as Kyler is still working through his injury as McCoy went 24 of 34 for 218 yards. Here was the Cardinals quarterback after the game. Yeah, I should be all right. Yeah. I think when you play a team like the 49ers, you just have a little little room for error, you know, and we had some penalties in key spots. We turned the ball over, and when you do, the, when you do that against a good football team who's moving the ball well, um, you know, it hurts you. And so um, I thought we fought. I thought we competed. I thought we, you know, I didn't think that the Niners confused me one time tonight. I knew what they were doing. They showed me a lot of different looks. Um, and so that, that's a bummer, right? You feel pretty good about it, um, but we just didn't make enough plays. How would you guys assess Colt's performance? I, I don't think he was he wasn't in a position to succeed with the pieces missing around him. I mean, I don't know. He's he's this is why the conversation throughout the last week was like, OK, Colt McCoy maybe gives you a better chance in one game right now because of the way the offense played around him. But when you're playing a superior team, you got to have Kyler Murray out there. And I thought Colt McCoy like he wasn't. 
bad. His rating was bad, and he had a turnover. I mean, but for a backup, I don't know. What what more do you really expect against that team in that environment? Yeah, no, I agree with you on that one, Luke. Um, listen, Colt McCoy was not the problem for the Arizona Cardinals last night. They, it just wasn't. Um, the guy went out there, and he competed. Yes, um, Colt McCoy's been around a long time. He was not confused by anything the 49ers were doing. The 49ers used a lot of different coverages, a lot of different zone combinations. They also played man as well. He, they, they did a lot of different things. There's no doubt. But I thought Colt, for the most part, was all over it. I just don't think he got an awful lot of help. The 49ers scored three second-half touchdowns, and after the game, Buda Baker was asked by 12 Sports' Cam Cox whether he thought his team fought all the way until the end. I feel like guys played till the end, played hard till the end. No, I don't. He went on to say? Yeah, it's very tough to say, but, you know, at the end of the day, we're all grown men. Um, women lie, men lie, that film never lies. So whatever the, the film says is, is what it is. What is your guys' reaction to that? Buda Baker saying that, no, he didn't feel like guys played until the end. I like that he said it, Wolf, because I think you got to get out in front of this right now. You know, the, 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 the path now the rest of the season is unlike anything they've experienced the last two seasons. I mean, last year they were in the playoffs. The year before they had a shot at the playoffs till the very last week. Right now you got to make sure guys stay locked in. And so I like Buddha getting out in front of it instead of reacting three weeks from now. This is exactly the way that you've got to say it. This is exactly the thing you've got to do. If, in fact, you want to just save the season. And when I say that, I'm not talking about making the playoffs. Uh, I'm talking about just turning the season around offensively, defensively, and in transition, heading into the offseason. I'm just talking about pulling the season from the fire right now, metaphorically speaking. This is the way out, and this is leadership from Buda Baker. He just told you something you'll never hear most players ever say. A lot of times, the truth gets lost in speaking median. He was not speaking median. He said it exactly the way he felt it. He felt there were guys that quit. It's Hey, listen, if that's truly the case, you've got to identify those guys that quit and see if they're going to be on the roster in the offseason. Yeah, yeah, uh, 100%. We just had Zoe in here for the first two hours, and he said, okay, now you've said that publicly without giving any names, but now you got to call those guys out individually so they realize it is it is in fact them. All right, that was Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Aaron. When we come back, Wolf just uh, joining us now after getting back from Mexico City. So we're going to get his reaction to last night's 28-point loss at the hands of the 49ers. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, it is Wolf and Luke on a Tuesday afternoon. Now we will be joined by Cliff Kingsbury in about an hour and a half, as we are every day after a Cardinals game. Wolf is with us now. He was not here for the first two hours, but in case you're tuning back in, Wolf is here. And Wolf, we really haven't gotten to get into just your raw emotional reaction to that game last night. So let's start there. I know you said that the first drive of the second half really kind of that that decided it, and I I completely agree. I think most people would agree with you. But what is your takeaway walking out of that game? in Mexico City last night. 
Yeah, yeah, it was really rough. Um, he, the 49ers were the better team. That was my very first thought. They beat the Arizona Cardinals in all three phases, I thought. Um, the first half definitely was a competition. There's no doubt about it. It was a competition. The second half was more of a coronation. Um, in that first half, the Cardinals compared to the 49ers in almost every major statistic. They were holding up on the line of scrimmage as well. The the eye test was there, and you were looking at it and saying, my goodness, you know, man, they're, they're doing a good job battling the 49ers, especially on the line of scrimmage, where the 49ers, of course, have built their team. They are a physical team, but there was one turnover, of course, and Colt tried to check it down to James Conner and tip the ball into the air. James Conner, with his right hand, batted that thing up, and that turned into a touchdown. It led to a 49ers touchdown, and it was 17-10 at the half. Um, That was the difference, for the most part. So I was really, really encouraged that the Cardinals were fighting the way that they were in that first half, and then it just got sideways, man, and it got sideways. We already talked about that first possession and the way the 49ers could Uh, took control of this game. Um, It just also, Luke, when I was watching them get into power personnel groups, for the most part, they ran eight plays. Um, Seven of them were running plays, and I believe five of those running plays were from power personnel groups, such as 21 personnel, two backs, Kyle Juszczyk as their fullback, of course, um, one tight end, two wide receivers, 22 personnel, two backs, two tight ends, one wide receiver, uh, 12 personnel as well. I think they had a couple of reps of 11 personnel, one back, one tight end, three wide. But for the most part, they came out with their mentality and in their power personnel groups. And they lined up and they ran the ball seven of the eight plays. And they went right down the field. And they attacked north and south for the most part. And what happened is the Cardinals started bunching up in the box, started jamming the box because they knew, here we go. The 49ers are putting the battle axe down. They're saying, we're going to run the ball, and we're going to run it right down the field, right down your throat, north and south, in between the tackles. And then here came pitch, and here came toss. Toss, of course, is a perimeter play, especially out of 21 personnel with Kyle Juszczyk as the fullback leading out to the weak side. Toss is a weak side pitch, and pitch is a strong side pitch. If you get that. (laughs) Okay, I think you probably do. Um, It's a strong side play, of course, on the perimeter, and toss is a weak side play on the perimeter. So they came out and took control of the game, and their dogma, their culture, their chemistry, um, everything that they believe they are, the physicality on that line of scrimmage really took over in that third quarter, offensively and defensively. And um, the Cardinals were not able to overcome it. Yeah, it, it has a very similar feel to the playoff game against the Rams last year in the sense. And, and look, that game against the Rams last year was never competitive. The game last night was absolutely competitive at halftime. But where it has a similar feel, Wolf, is A, it feels like your chance of doing anything in the playoffs this year is now gone. But B, that's a team in your division that looked considerably better than you. And 
San Francisco is a team the Cardinals have had a lot of success against in, over the last few years. And yes, the Cardinals, if you're going to go big picture and you're going to say, okay, is this like a problem now for years going yeah. forward? The Cardinals were very beat up last night. I get that. But San Francisco looks really good and they are in your division. And the, it, that second half, it didn't look like the Cardinals would have won if they played 50 times last night against yeah. that 49ers team. No, good observation, man. Once again, um, you know, it also reminded me of uh, the game of football is still about the line of scrimmage. It is, man. I, I'm sorry. San Francisco's I know there, all in on that, too. I, I know there are people out there that laugh at me. I, I don't care, tough guy. You were the same guy sitting in the stands, inebriated, when I was wasting your players out on the field. Okay? <laughs> I'm just saying that. But what you saw from the 49ers and what you saw from them in that second half and how they started it, man, it's the difference between um, these teams. The 49ers seem to be built more on that, on the physicality. Um, The Cardinals have a lot of talented players, especially on the offensive side when they're healthy. But the 49ers have built this this, um, team that has talented players, no doubt, but they're all physical when you think about it. Uh, Debo Samuel, by way of example, is Anquan Bolden. Yeah, he's one of the most physical, if not the most physical, wide receiver in the NFL right now. George Kittle George Kittle is a great runner of the football, a great receiver of the football as well. Um, but man, his ba- his baseline is all about coming off the ball and blocking on the line of scrimmage. Even CMC, Christian McCaffrey, man, he, he was more physical. And maybe that's just rubbing off on him from everyone else on that roster in San Francisco. But they were the more physical team, man, and they came out and grabbed control, seized control of the game. And it was demoralizing no, to watch. It absolutely was. And that that's kind of, you know, where do you go from here? because you're right about the receivers. Like San Francisco's receivers are physical when they're not even getting the ball and they're just blocking for Christian McCaffrey or Eli Mitchell, who actually led the team in rushing last night. But McCaffrey's basically a receiver half the time, too. But, Wolf, as much as the conversation today is, okay, that's it. It's done. You know, the season's over. Well, okay, last year when we were having that conversation, the season was actually over. They had lost to the Rams in the playoffs. The season was over. Uh, Whether they have a shot now or not, and I don't think there's a point of having a conversation unless they win the next four games in a row uh, about them having a shot. But they still have six games, and they have one in five days. You get pushed around like that. you got to wake up quickly. Otherwise, you're going to get pushed around again in L.A. Yeah, you know, that's that's really a great a great question, Luke. Um where do you go from here? I mean, the the odds say the Cardinals have a 6% chance of making the playoffs. Would you say that's good right there? <laughs> no, but it's, it's higher than I thought. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I told chance. I did. I, I told Pash last night, I think there's a half a percentage <laughs> chance that they make the play. And, and I was being serious. Yeah, I thought no, that's I thought what so. it was. I think that too. So it's 5.5 percentage points higher than what I actually gave them. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they've got... There are still things they've got to accomplish here. Even if they don't go to the playoffs, there's a lot they can accomplish and a lot that can go wrong in the next six games if they don't. I I really, going forward, my biggest thing, and I said this to Zoe, is 
Kyler Murray's got to get back on the field. And I'm not saying like, oh, he's hurt and, and you got to risk further injury. I'm not saying that. But it's got to be before he's 100% because yes. he's never going to be 100% again this season. Yes, He's got to get back on the field. And they've got to start taking steps forward with him. And honestly, if... if if you're listening and your thought is they got to get rid of Cliff, if that's that's your solution to everything, well, well, part of your evaluation of Cliff is how is he developing Kyler? And it's been very disjointed this season. I'm not saying it's all Cliff's fault, but here we go. Six games left. That's the most important thing to me, Wolf. If you want to go crazy and win all six games, awesome. But to me, that's almost secondary, not if I were a player in that room, obviously, but from you know looking in from the outside, the biggest thing you can do now in these final six games is get your quarterback moving in the right direction again, heading towards next year, because he's going to be here for the long haul, no matter who else you believe is going to be here for the long haul. Amen. And not only that, Steve Young holds the pass apart, too. Play <laughs> what Steve Young said. Play it again and again and again. I believe I have it right now. I can play it right here. In fact, here's Steve Young last night, Monday Night Countdown, talking about Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, his whole life, has had the answers to every athletic test that he's ever taken. And he's gotten A pluses through grade school, middle school, high school, college, and then even early here as a pro. But the NFL will have its referendum, and I think it's happening now for Kyler. He now needs to be, look, he is whip smart, and he, is, he knows everything, but there is a part of playing great quarterback that is going back to school, yeah. and that's what Patrick Mahomes has done, that's what Josh Allen is vulnerable, that's what Dak Prescott talked about doing, I'm going to go back to school, and I think everyone here on this panel, everyone that I hear the Cardinals are saying, please, Kyler, go back to school, tighten it up, call the run, play, play out of the huddle, run the play out of the huddle, get that efficiency going. We know that you can handle all of it, but you cannot be the know-it-all. It's gotten you this far, but it won't take you the distance. So change your game, figure it out, so that everyone can start to resonate with you, because it's starting not to resonate, and you do not want to lose your team, especially with after signing that contract. There you go. It's tough to argue with any of that right there. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. Kevin Ray joins us. What's he wants to see from the Suns tonight when they take on the Lakers, a team they've beaten seven straight times? We're going to ask him next. It's game day with K-Ray on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Catch it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke. Brings the Suns game day with K Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. All right, over to basketball here. The Suns in action tonight back at Footprint Center, putting their 10 and 6 record on the line, which is a half game out of first in the West, but only a game and a half up on 10th in the West. So you can tell it's still early, and you can tell the Western Conference is all bunched up. They get the Lakers tonight. Joining us on the Arizona Sports Line is Kevin Ray of Bally Sports for some game day with K Ray. K, what is going on? Fellas, what's happening? Uh, not not a whole lot. I guess uh, all of a sudden the Lakers are are winning games. They've won three in a row. What? <laughs> how did that happen? Well, there's some guy named Anthony Davis that uh, started playing like uh, I don't know uh, Anthony Davis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah how how is he playing? Kay? I mean, talk to me a little bit about Anthony Davis in this three game uh, winning streak for the Lakers because obviously I've not been able to watch it. Yeah, I mean, look, he's he has 
taken it upon himself, uh, put it on his shoulders in the absence of LeBron James to play, you know, like one of the, the players who was voted to the top 75, you know, just a couple of years ago. Um, he, he has stayed healthy, so let's start there. He stayed healthy. But, yeah, he is, you know, he's averaging 30-plus points, uh, shooting better than 60% from the field. He's doing all the things that you would expect, you know, a guy of his caliber to do. Uh, the, the Lakers and their fans just haven't seen it with any kind of consistency, uh, really, since he's been there. I mean, you could even include the... You know the uh, the COVID year when they wanted the bubble. Talking to Kevin Ray of Bally Sports as the Suns get set to take on the Lakers tonight. Kay, let's let's go back uh, over the weekend because last time we got to talk to you was Friday going into that Utah game. And in that Utah game, Devin Booker puts up 49 and they lose, which if I just tell you that, you're going to think I'm talking about a game from 2016 or 2017 or something. But um, the bounce back on Sunday against the Knicks, it's just kind of been win one, lose one, win one, lose one lately. Are you concerned at all that it's been that way for about two and a half weeks now? No, you know, I'm really not. Um, you know, and, I, and I'll keep, I guess, kind of repeating myself. I just think the fans need to, you know, brace themselves, if that's the best way to, to phrase it, for. I wouldn't necessarily call it inconsistent play when you consider the you know the injuries and the the players who have been sidelined. It's not altogether surprising. And then you've also got to look at the opponents. I mean, look at the standings in the Western Conference, guys. It, it, it's I think it's going to be like this the rest of the season. Uh, you everybody in the Western Conference has you know no fewer than six losses. There's a log jam between one and eight, basically. And I just don't think you're going to see the kind of crazy separation that we saw last year. So I look at, yeah, I look at it more of, of the experience that some of these guys are getting that they might not otherwise get, you know, starting with a campaign. But, you know, Dwayne Washington Jr., uh, Damian Lee seeing his role being extended, uh, Josh Kogi, you know, having an impact. So th- those are the things that, that I'm kind of looking at, you know, 16 games into the season. No, I'm totally with you. I think we all are on that, man. The Western Conference is just going to be a freak show the rest of the way for the most part. Um, talk to me about what do you think the Suns need to do tonight in regard to beating the Lakers, especially after they've won three in a row. What do you think they've got to do well to beat the Lakers? Well, you're going to have to, you know, come with a great deal of force and uh, physicality with Anthony Davis. Uh, You know, they've got to they've got to win the rebounding battle or stay close you know, on the rebounding side. Uh, that means, you know, D.A. is going to need to come with another double-double, you know, make his presence and make an impact on both ends of the floor. And then, you know, aside from that, you play good perimeter defense, but you look at this team beyond Anthony, the one thing that's also started to, you know, finally materialize is that Russell Westbrook seems to have accepted his role off the bench and Russ is playing, you know, better basketball. So this Suns bench is really going to have to step up and, and contribute tonight. Talking to Kevin Ray at Bally Sports, it is game day with K-Ray. Okay, we got to talk about Torrey Craig now. This is four straight games. He's hit double-digit points. He's getting you rebounds. He's getting you steals. He's getting you a couple blocks. He's hitting threes. He's shooting good from the field. Uh, is this the guy that is that is stepping up right now with the absolute of Cam Johnson and Chris Paul. I know he doesn't play Chris Paul's position, but they needed somebody else to step up and just kind of give them a little bit more all around. 
Yeah, look, I mean, Torrey was playing solid before Cam went down. Uh, never in my wildest dreams would I have expected him to come with the kind of scoring consistency that we've seen him do. Um, but it just speaks to his off-season preparation and, you know, Torrey's professionalism and, and mindset. Um, and, yeah, he, he's been an absolute godsend. And he's been a major tone setter for this team on the defensive end of the floor. Uh, so, you know, sign me up for, you know, 10, 12 more games of this <laughs> at a minimum. <laughs> you know, Kay, you were talking about playing with force. And every time I hear anyone say play with force, I think of Monty Williams. And it's the term that Monty Williams often uses for DeAndre Ayton, trying to get him going. Um, and you already mentioned this, play with force right now. Do you think the Suns are happy what they're getting from DeAndre Ayton so far this season? Yeah, you know, it, it's what what is, I mean, look, is our coaches and general managers ever really happy? <laughs> you yeah, know, they want uh, more. Yes. They, you, you know, they, they always want more. Uh, they always expect more. And in many respects, that's what they expected the player. They expect the player to want more and to need more. Uh, so it would really be hard for me to fairly answer that wolf. I do believe that what they, what they expect from DA is more of what we saw the last game. You know, you, mm-hmm. you, you gotta be a double, double guy. I mean, we've talked about it before. DA should be a double, double guy falling out of bed. Yes. And then you start, and then you start from there. Um, and I think if, if, you know, they're, they're looking and grading, it's just, we just need more of it consistently. You know, it can't be once or twice every four or five games. Um, and hopefully as this season continues to ramp up, that we will continue to see that level of productivity. Okay. Is that animosity still there with the Lakers? Like, I know it's not going to take much to bring it back, but yes. they, they have dropped off. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just stop you right there. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. So I figured you were going to say it, but I just wanted to make sure. I mean, it's the Lakers, Luke. Uh, you know, they, they, they could come here over. It's, it is, you know, it's the equivalent of, of ASU U of A, you know, game week, except we get to face them, you know, more than, than once a season. You know, I don't care how good or how bad either team is. It is Phoenix, it's L.A., it's the Suns and the Lakers. So that is an unequivocal Y-E-S in all caps. Well, yeah, definitely for the fans. I guess I'm, I'm talking more of the players, like with everything that happened with Dallas and you set your sights on Golden State, but is it still there with the players when they see LeBron walk onto their court or Anthony Davis? Or whoever, yeah. Because Beverly. look, <laughs> as, as much as the as much as I'm sure the guys will say, you know, they don't watch the sports shows or whatever. I'm sure they're like the rest of us, especially last year when the Lakers were clearly out of it, yet they were headlining every single show. Seriously. You know, they seem to be the the topic of discussion throughout the entire season. And I think there's there's always a level of like, really, you know, look at the Suns. I mean, how how long? How long did that team have to go before people's like, oh, yeah, and by the way, the Suns are leading the league, and uh, they're going to run away with the Western Conference, and they're going to set a franchise mark. But uh, the Lakers lost uh, their seventh in the last eight games, so let's start with them. So I think there is that level of, you know, even league-wide, that the rest of the teams who are playing good basketball feel this level of disrespect 
expect that every NBA show or every sports show has to start with, you know, what's wrong with the Lakers? What's wrong with LeBron? What's wrong with, you know, Westbrook or Anthony Davis? And I think they, they bring that to the floor when they play them. And, and you add Patrick Beverly to the mix just to spice it up a little bit, too. Okay, good stuff as always, yeah, man. Thank guy. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank <laughs> what's, you, he, what's he done lately? Thanks, Kay. Talk to you, bro. Thanks, boys. Take care. That's Kevin Ray of Bally Sports joining us right there for game day with K Ray ahead of Suns Lakers Part One tonight. First meeting with them this season. They have won seven straight though over LA. Uh, when we come back, the Cardinals defense really struggled in the second half and specifically could not stop the 49ers rushing attack when they needed to. So what factors led to that meltdown? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It is Wolf and Luke on a Tuesday afternoon, a big red Tuesday coming off the Monday night loss to the San Francisco 49ers. Cliff Kingsbury will join us in an hour. Wolf is here back from Mexico City. Wolf, uh, before we get into the defense, what was that trip like? We talked to you a little bit yesterday going into the game, but that's that's a pretty unique experience to be playing football in that stadium. Yeah, no, it, it was the loudest stadium I think I've ever witnessed myself with my own eyes. I mean, honestly, um, Dave Pash pretty much said the same thing. Very difficult. There were moments, and you can talk about, you know, the production of the broadcast, of course, which is always excellent. But there were moments where if, in fact, I did not see Dave Pash's mouth moving, (laughs) I didn't know he was talking. And seriously, it was really, really difficult to hear. It was so loud. And it was it was the vast majority of fans that were there. They were 49er fans, and they were loud. Uh, it's unbelievable, man. Well, we could hear it even in that that uh, clip of Steve Young that you we wanted us to play there going to the break a couple uh, segments ago. I mean, as Steve's talking, the crowd's just getting louder and louder. I need I need that. That's like a, it's like a laugh track on a sitcom where you just have everybody cheering every time you speak because that's what it sounded like there. Uh, the defense last night, and it, it's it's been hard all season to blame anything on the defense because outside of week one. Uh, against the Chiefs, and as we're seeing now, nobody can really stop the Chiefs. They have, they've, for a good chunk there, gave the Cardinals a chance to stick around this season. They gave up 20 to the Rams and lost. They gave up 20 to Philadelphia of all teams and lost. They gave up 19 to Seattle and a loss. They are starting to give up more points lately, Wolf. And then last night, specifically the second half of a game that was close at halftime, San Francisco just seemed to be able to do whatever they wanted, and they seemed to almost be showing off all their toys now with Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey and Eli Mitchell and George Kittle got going again. That was a rough second half for the Cardinals in general, but for the defense specifically. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, You set that up beautifully, Luke, because again, um, I I thought the defense wasn't good. Uh, I thought they battled in the first half. There was no doubt about that. The turnover the Colt McCoy pick that got tipped into the air by James Conner and picked off and gave the 49ers great field position and suddenly they went down and they scored. That was the difference in that first half and I thought the defense battled, man. I thought they fought tooth and nail. I just thought uh, in the second half when the 49ers came out and said okay, I guess we're playing for keeps and they lined up and ran the ball the way that they did in that, that third quarter. Um 
that's where it got a little sideways on this defense. And the most shocking thing of everything that um, I heard post game, it was definitely Buda Baker talking about the fact he thought some guys actually quit. Yeah, um, that was that was an interesting comment. I said this to Zoe earlier, watching the game, and it's, it's tough to get a feel for that, watching the game when it's in a different country on TV. But there was a moment on the second George Kittle touchdown where it was like, really? <laughs> like, George Kittle's a good player. Uh, and, you know, I know your feelings on George Kittle, maybe the best all-around tight end in football, but it just felt like, okay, he's going to get tackled, and it's a big play, and then he just kept going, and he just yeah. kinda, and, and you kind of had that thought of, like, for me, watching it, I was like, they got six games left. Is this is this unraveling? And, and that's why I like the Buda Baker said what he said, because he's one of the few guys that can say it. Yeah, no, I'm honestly, I think it's something that you have to address, and I'm sure it will be addressed. There's no denying that. Um, I've been in many, many locker rooms where at times, even after a game, um, you'll have some type of confrontation, um, especially in a loss, most exclusively, I would say, in a loss. You'll have some type of jawing, some type of confrontation, a little dust up. Um, but if it doesn't happen, immediately after the game there's probably going to be a cooler conversation about it the next day as there must be at that situation the the thing that i can't get over this is coming from buda baker luke yeah this is (laughs) playing with a high ankle sprain this is coming from buda baker um class act that he is uh do you think this is a condemning statement if in fact you're one of the teammates he's referencing believing that you may have quit that's that's bad coming from anybody it's especially bad coming from from buda baker here i'll I'll play the clip this is to cam cox of 12 news last night and, and buda was just asked okay look do you feel like guys played all the way to the end I feel like guys played till the end, played hard till the end. No, I don't. And he referenced the tape after. Yeah, it's very tough to say, but, you know, at the end of the day, we're all grown men. You know, um, women lie, men lie, that film never lies. So whatever the, the film says is, is what it is. Uh, the, the film <laughs> the film is, is very unforgiving after a performance like that, Wolf. Yeah, and yet to be fair to Buda Baker as well, um, he didn't reference specifically the defense. Now, No, he didn't. He uh, didn't. I, I believe that's what his meaning was. I believe that, um, but I don't know that, and I'm sure he'll clarify that today at some point in time, but I want to be fair to him right now. He could have been talking about the whole team, but it doesn't change his meaning, whether he's speaking to the defense or the offense. It doesn't. I wonder immediately when I heard him say that, who is he talking about? And I wonder if that comment will do anything to the players that he's talking about. Because, look, the one thing we do know is this right here. Um... When a when a guy of Buda Baker's stature inside that locker room says something like that, there's going to be names. There's yeah. going to be names, and whether it was offensively, defensively, or special teams, whatever it may have been, there's going to be a conversation about guys that were quitting. And coaches will be in meeting rooms today talking about guys putting a red dot on them. Look like you quit right there. Look like you quit. Red dot. The red dot on you. 
The red dot on you, oh my goodness, the red dot on you, Basinonians, especially in a loss, you don't typically want the red dot on you in a loss. Not especially, never, but but especially under those circumstances that you're talking about where coaches are going to watch the films and they're going to see plays they don't like anyway. But if they're watching it through the lens today of like, and Buddha said he didn't think everybody played till the end, they're going to be looking that much more harshly when they see a guy that can't make a play that's like, maybe, maybe you could still make that play. Maybe the score is 31 to 10 and we're not going to win, but this is still the NFL and you're still playing football. Make the play. Um, you know, yeah, Buddha, Buddha saying that is it's very telling. And when Zoe was in here before, Buddha, he said, you know, Buddha's now he said it publicly, he didn't call anybody out publicly, but now he's got to talk to them individually. Yes. And, and I will say this, Wolf, because you're right. He didn't say on the defense. He just said guys on the team, basically. Yeah. He's big enough where he could call out a guy on offense because no he's doubt. Buddha Baker. No doubt about it, man. And once again, it's what's so fascinating about this is the fact that it is Buda Baker who is talking about this. And what are you going to do about it? I mean, if in fact you address these guys who supposedly Buda Baker believes may have actually quit on them, um, what what is that going to do to that guy? What is that going to do to that player? What is that going to do to him going forward? You know, I used to say it all the time about Steve Nash. Can you imagine Steve Nash walking up to you saying, what are you doing? (laughs) You know what I mean? Can you imagine Steve Nash with all the respect and regard that so many guys that have played with Steve Nash actually had for Steve Nash inside of that locker room and the way that Steve Nash went about his business? What if Steve Nash walked up to you and said, man, what are you doing? (laughs) You're you're killing us. That happened a few weeks ago to that official. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Okay, yes, but I'm talking about a player to a player, and and if Buda Baker is the one saying that about you, what does that do to you? Because the one thing that's going to happen, you might get better, you might get worse, but the one thing we know is not going to happen is you're going to hear Buda Baker say that and do nothing. (laughs) You're going to know that he was talking about you and do nothing about it. And if that is the case... Don't you need to be removed from the locker room? Well, let, I mean, let's be real. If Buda Baker calls you out on this team and there's six games left and you don't do anything about it, yeah. you won't be on this team next year because the only players on this team that you would look and say, okay, well, they're definitely safe. They're not going anywhere. We'll do something about it. And also, they wouldn't be the guys Buda was talking about anyway. So it'll be interesting to see yeah. not not it's it's funny now you know you talk about oh football season moves by too fast now right now it feels like a long season there's still six weeks left unless yes. you win all six of those games this is a long season the only other thing i want to say quickly is it's not just next year luke it'll be this year yeah yeah, we have seen that they are more than willing to part ways with a guy right in the middle of the season. All right, uh, we come back. What frustrated Dave Burns the most about the Cardinals' loss to the Niners in Mexico City? This is fun. This is a what frustrated Dave Burns segment. We're going to ask the co-host of Burns and Gambo next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.